The Giants' season is over, and so is Pat Shermer's time with Big Blue. New York Post Giants beat writer Paul Schwartz joins us as we break down Shermer getting fired, GM Dave Gettleman staying, and who could be the next head coach. We also look back at the good, the bad, and the ugly from a disappointing 4-12 season. And finally, we preview the NFL wildcard round of the playoffs. All that and more next on Blue Rush with the New York Post. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Blue Rush, a New York Giants podcast with the New York Post. I'm your host, Jimmy Fallon. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Our friend Paul Schwartz joins the emergency Shermer pink slip episode today. Let's wrap this giant season up and look ahead to the offseason. Well, we did it. We survived uh, an entire uh, New York Giants football season, producer Jake Brown. Uh, unlike Coach Pat Shermer, who was just sent packing a few minutes ago. How about that? And it's interesting they did it, Jimmy, before their 11 a.m. meetings. They did it earlier, and they gave him the pink slip. Not as quick as Freddie Kitchens got it uh, oh, man. last night, but they did it early, and I think Giants fans are relieved that it's done, and they can resume their Monday and resume their uh, final week of the, uh, 2019 and the holidays here still going. <laughs> well, listen, man. I was one of those guys that thought maybe there was a world where Daniel Jones could in. And be like, hey, you know, I'm the, I'm the franchise quarterback. This guy's got a future here. But I want to, I just, again, I want to humbly apologize for even suggesting such a thing were possible. Because when a coach gets fired as quick as he did, that means that was never a consideration. Like, Dan, there was nothing Daniel Jones could have said. I mean, they were certain that they wanted to do this, which I applaud. But my concern is that they are keeping Gettleman, which I'm not crazy about. Because a lot of big coaches that are that could potentially come in, and we'll talk about them in a minute, a lot of these coaches want some personnel say, especially if it's the guy I was talking about weeks back. I've been floating this insane Bill Belichick theory for about eight weeks because we've been doing a Fire Shermer podcast basically since we started the show. <laughs> and our man Paul Schwartz is going to join us shortly. Uh, wrote about that today in the New York Post. He said it is still a distinct possibility, not a distinct possibility, but a possibility that Belichick could leave New England at the end of the year. What do you think about the idea that Gettleman is going to be here and that could potentially turn off some big-name coaches? Are you concerned about that, Jake Brown? I know Giants fans have mixed emotions on this. There's a lot of people who said if Sherman's going, Gettleman's got to go. But I'll say this about Gettleman. He did what you think find the franchise quarterback. He did what you think well, what you know, found the franchise running back. He does have a couple of core pieces in place. He did sign Golden Tate, who actually looks like a terrific signing now, who you love even more after his flip cup touchdown celebration <laughs> on Sunday. So there are some pieces that he did get done. He did sign Marcus Golden on this deal, who you thought is a comeback player coming off injuries, who did have success in the past, and he did have 10 sacks. So there are some positives that Gettleman did and you look at the positives and hope he could take that into this offseason. In my humble opinion, I think he should get one more year. I think because he has done some good things, you give him mm -hmm. one more season to get it right. Gettleman could also retire. Gettleman could also walk away himself. It is not a lock that he's going to stick like, around. What? Let me just jump in here. What are you telling me he's going to ride off into the sunset on the heels of this 4-12 and 12 season? He might Who's head into Cape Cod like and call it a day. Manning. He will be the nicest age, 69 years old, on February 21st. Uh, so there is a chance he rides into the sunset. That I'm, It's probably not going to happen, but I'll just keep it in the back of your mind, Jimmy. 
it's not going to happen. No one wants to go out like this. Eli Manning doesn't want to go out like this, but he's resigned to his fate. It was sad to see him quietly run off the field yesterday. There was no post-game press availability. It doesn't sound like he's going to do a heck of a whole lot of talking today. I hope Schwartz gets to him. I know he's in the locker room right now. Um, But that's a thing of the past. Shermer, a thing of the past. Um, Again, this is a challenging show today because we have been talking about who is going to replace this guy for like 10 weeks now. Um, and it sounds like your hot pick, Ron Rivera, is going to the Redskins. Is that true? And that amazes me. Well, it seems like that's the report Schefter tweeted. It's probably going to happen. Listen, it's not official yet, and it's very early for these things. A brand-new coach, 24 yeah. hours before the season ends, it happens. But it does seem like he goes there, which to me is weird because outside of Dwayne Haskins, who is still an unknown, what the hell do the Redskins have besides a terrible <laughs> owner that everyone hates? So I, I don't know how much that really makes sense. But listen, if – if that's where he's going, that's where he's going. So that's like my, that was my pick because I thought reuniting him with Gettleman mm-hmm. made sense. He, he's he been in the Super Bowl. He's been a winner, and he's done it with really teams that weren't amazing. Those Some of those yeah. Panthers teams were not that great, uh, but he turned them into really good teams, and he did it with a quarterback who is a head case and, and a prima donna in Cam Newton. So Rivera would have been my pick. You, you look down the line, Jimmy, and Matt Rule's the hot name, the Baylor head coach who – who has said mm-hmm. he's listening to NFL offers, and why wouldn't he? He's going to make so Dude. much more in the NFL yeah, than he would have made. And, and I like that he coached uh, under Coughlin with the Giants back in 2012, yeah. which was a something I'd forgotten, but was expertly included in our outline today by yourself. Well, you usually but don't remember course, assistant offensive line coaches. I'll say I that. Know, that's what I'm saying. I don't want a guy who hasn't been a head coach, who hasn't been a CEO at this level at this point, because, you know, to, to what you said earlier, if we believe we have a franchise quarterback and a franchise running back and we really just need to build around that a little bit, I want a guy in here who's an NFL head coach. I don't want to roll the dice again. You know, like for real, I wouldn't be as excited, even though I'm an Ohio State fan and what I'm going to talk about this weekend, but I wouldn't be as excited for Urban Meyer as a lot of Giants fans probably would. Because although he brings name recognition, he brings no experience at this level. So if I was going to look into the, you know, the goodie bag, um, I I like the idea of Mike McCarthy. He's worked with one of the best quarterbacks of all time, Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's coming off a weird offseason where he got like half an interview with the Jets, didn't do anything with anybody else and kind of just disappeared. But I like the idea of bringing somebody in who has some panache already. The hot college guy going pro thing doesn't drive me crazy. I like it just because of this, Jimmy. He he, he turned a Temple team around, and, and it's Temple. Let's be honest. It's Temple. Like, he, he did a nice job in college, but I, I see what you're saying. You got to want a leader, and McCarthy is a leader. So I would agree with you in this that McCarthy should be the leader of the pack just because of what he's done and been to a Super Bowl. Can, can I make a prediction, though, if we're going to talk about Urban Meyer? Mm-hmm. There was a rumor weeks back that he responded to very positively about being a possible consideration to coach the Cowboys. I think they have to fire Jason Garrett, and I think he's the kind of name guy that Jerry Jones can't resist. I could see an offseason where Urban Meyer goes to the Cowboys uh, because that'd be one thing for him to get back into coaching for. He's always going to go to a sexy, hot opportunity, and that isn't there for him in college right now. There's really not a program he could go take over that would have that kind of heat. Uh, unless he wants to shove Ryan Day out the door for not going to two, going for two the other night. But again, let's let's avoid that game. My therapist has asked me not to discuss it. Um, but I, I think Urban Meyer to the Cowboys is a possibility. And when we get Schwartz on here, I want to seriously talk about this Bill Belichick thing because I've concocted that theory over the course of probably 10 interviews with Super Bowl winning Giants 
who've discussed what it was like to play under Bill Belichick. And the one thing I keep coming back to is he has this undying love for the Giants. They were his first love. He coached here under Bill Parcells. He won a couple of rings as a coordinator. I think he would love to show the world that he could win one without Brady. And in a world where Brady does retire, I think the Giants become very attractive to Bill Belichick. So if it's not this year because Brady wants to keep playing, then we're probably going to miss the bus on this. But on the off chance that there's no more Tom Brady at the end of this month, uh, a Bill Belichick giant thing would be earth shattering. And Jimmy, his his offensive coordinator is is looking like a prime candidate as well in Josh McDaniels. So do, do you like going under the Belichick tree? Again, he's a guy that doesn't, doesn't have head coaching experience, but has been a coordinator for so long now, and he's learned from the master in Belichick himself. Would you be content with a guy like Josh McDaniels? No, if it was going to come down to McDaniels getting the job, I think I think Belichick would take it from him. I'm not even kidding. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but he loves the Giants that much. And here's the thing. I don't want the Belichick coaching tree. When I think of the Charlie Weisses, when I think of the Eric Mangini's, you know, um, the Romeo Crennels, all great guys, all, you know, guys who had phenomenal careers as coordinators, but not guys I was crazy about uh, that, you know, that that we've seen this before. So the only thing McDaniels brings to the table that makes him, in my eyes, a favorite over a guy like Matt Rule is he was an NFL head coach. He coached the Broncos. You know, he gave, he, had, he had a that great year where they started off 3-0 and and then lost pretty much everything known to man. Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that he's kind of run a team, even if only for a limited amount of time. But I think Belichick and his coaching tree, I think the Giants are the one good, the one job he wouldn't want one of his coaches to go take because he himself loves it so much. Again, we'll bring, we'll get Paul Schwartz on that case. Cause that's kind of a, you know, it's kind of an insider is a little more in relationship with that, but let's talk about some other things about the team this year too. Cause we've been speculating about the coach for a, a decade now. It feels like, um, I know you're excited about golden Tate cause you're a flip cup aficionado. Uh, you're probably excited about the way Saquon finished yesterday. That was a big run. Did he hopefully help you win something in fantasy football or are your knees about to get broken by the bookie? Well, fa- well, fantasy ended last week. Remember, they do it week 16, which is good because you never know week 17, which makes it tough betting, too, who's playing, who's not. It, like the Texans, the line changed from, from like two and a half to seven and a half because Deshaun Watson didn't end up playing, and that turned into a blowout game. Uh, so Barkley showed you promising signs, and I think it took him time. I think the Giants brought him back pretty soon from that ankle injury. They had to cut him some slack there, and like we said, the offensive line stunk. The Giants lost their center for the season next year, to an, to an injury that doesn't make sense in week 17, uh, he he's, has an Achilles injury and will uh, be out for next year. So it ended up not being uh, the best news for the Giants that that happened. Uh, but, Jimmy, they, the, the big thing is, and with both New York teams, is the offensive line. When you look ahead, that's that's the ugly and the good, bad, and ugly. Um, Golden Tate, you, you love the catch he made. You love what he did when he came back from the suspension. Uh, Daniel Jones, you, you, ha- you see the promising signs, but... When we look at the overall numbers on Daniel Jones, Jimmy, it's the turnover number that really steps out at you with the 17 fumbles, 12 picks. That's 29 turnovers in 12 games. That is almost two and a half a game. That number needs to be cut in half next year. Yeah, he doesn't have the 30 touchdowns to go with it like our man Jameis Winston down in Tampa Bay. He got the 30. He got to the 30-30 club yesterday. ESPN's doing a documentary on him right now. 
<laughs> he threw a 30 for 30. He threw a pick six in overtime against the Falcons to get to the 30 mark. How fitting is that 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 season ends like that? It's just like Shermer. Like, Shermer's job has to go out with them losing in blowout fashion to a team that has everyone banged up and has me and you on the depth chart as the backup wide receiver and tight end. Our offensive line after the week that we ate, you were texting me about wearing baggy shirts this week, uh, how fat we are. <laughs> we might play right tackle for the Eagles in the playoff game next week. Yeah, it's not it's not pretty. And it, it did hurt. I want to say this as a giant fan. Late in uh, yesterday's game, a couple of fans tried to get a We Want Eli chant going, and it couldn't get off the ground because the stadium was predominantly Eagles fans yep. who had just driven north on 95 and are probably sleeping at the Molly Pitcher rest area right now. And as much, Jimmy, as I think both of us would have loved to see Eli one more time, I just don't think it would have been fitting as he the time he did go out and win the game and leave the mm-hmm. stadium versus coming in in a blowout game, ugly weather against a team that's win, winning the division in front of your eyes. It just would have been a weirder ending for Eli to do that. So I guess I'm fine with the fact that he had his win and played flip cup and rode off into the sunset. Oh, <laughs> so silly. Well, we got to ride off into the sunset because Paul Schwartz is coming on. But I'll regroup with you in a minute because I know we have to talk some NFL playoffs. Black Monday here in the NFL. Pat Shermer is gone, and now the bloodbath has trickled over to Dallas, where Derry, Jerry Jones has just dumped the whole staff, Paul Schwartz. What the hell's going on? Well, yes, they did make the change, Jimmy, as we expected all along. I've been writing in the post for weeks that uh, Pat Shermer was likely to be fired. Um, I knew the outcome of uh, Sunday's game against the Eagles would not be a factor in this, and I also... Um, uh, wrote that Dave Gediman was likely to be uh, retained, and that has happened. So, yeah, I mean, it's um, another Black Monday, and the Giants uh, once again are involved. Wow, that is crazy. Well, I want to jump right to something, because it's the holiday season. We can all dream. This is the time of year we fantasize. We've got a new year on the horizon. People are dreaming big for themselves. You wrote a column today uh, that I, I've I've suggested this in the past, and Steve Serby laughed me right off the air. But you wrote a column today saying there's possibly a world where Bill Belichick could bring his career full circle if he leaves New England and come back home to the Giants, which was his first NFL love. Do you think there's any world where that's a thing or were you just getting everybody a reason to be alive on a Monday morning? Well, I think there's a world where that's a thing. But um, I guess in um, if you're a fan of sci-fi, there are an infinite number of universes, right? And this is one of them. <laughs> not Not a lot of them, but one of them. I mean. Look, you have to read the tea leaves a little bit in New England. Um, Belichick is nearing the end of the run year. The Patriots are kind of on the way down. Tom Brady's not going to play forever. Um, Josh McDaniels is probably going to be a head coach somewhere. So, um, you know, Belichick, I think, would go to one team and one team only if it's uh, if he leaves the Patriots and not the Giants. He loves the Giants, always has, always will. So it's fun to speculate. Um, you know, I wouldn't put him on my short list, but I would certainly – put him at the top of the list if he had any kind of interest. But, you know, I think for right now, they'll probably be um, looking at some other guys. Yeah, I know there was, you know, the Ron Rivera, and we've heard of the Mike McCarthy's and the Matt Rules of the world. Here's an outlier I want to ask you about, because his name surfaced in Dallas a few weeks back. Is there any chance of an Urban Meyer getting into the giant ring? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, I think Urban Meyer's an acquired taste. I don't think Urban Meyer's going to want to come and have Dave Gettleman pick all his players for him. You know, I don't know what Urban Meyer wants. He, he, he coaches, he wins a national championship, he retires, he comes back, he coaches, he wins a national championship, he retires. He's a little flighty uh, in my mind, and he's a great college coach. He should probably go back to college, I would think, if he wants to come back at all. 
Yeah, that makes sense. You don't know what he wants. I don't think he knows what he wants either. Um, but I will say this. What the Giant fan wants is, you know, listen, they want to see some progress. We didn't get it this year. I believe you had some good John Mara quotes that you uh, had shared on Twitter uh, a little bit earlier. He basically seemed to say, Gettleman's got work to do. We're not done with the guy, but, but, but you know, it, we're getting there. Is that, was that the, the sentiment around the locker room today, around team headquarters? Well, I mean, uh, you know, look, there was, there was some sentiment, uh, certainly in the media, certainly with the fan base, that they should fire everybody. Get rid of Shermer, get rid of his staff, get rid of Dave Gettleman, start with a new GM and a new head coach. And I get that, but uh, John Mara basically just came out and said, look, two years is not enough to implement all these changes. Uh, he inherited a mess from Jerry Reese. They've um, drafted pretty well. Um, they have some decent young players. Um, the most important thing Dave Gediman found is what the Giants, what ownership believe, is their next franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones. That's a big feather in Dave Gettleman's cap. And uh, it just it, it's too soon. Two years is too soon to just go and, uh, and rip up everything. You know, this was a rebuilding process, and two years is not enough. Now you can say, well, what about two years for Gettleman is not enough, but what about Shermer? Uh, mm. John Mara and I had speculated on this, you know, I think on this very podcast before, Jimmy, that, look, they looked at this season and the nine-game losing streak and came to the conclusion that the Giants should have won a couple more of those games with a better head coach, and it did not happen. That's why Pat Shermer's out. Well, that makes sense. Um, you know, and there's something to be said for continuity, too, at the top with Gettleman, because the one thing we have learned from watching teams like the Browns, who I now believe they've gone through six head coaches in their tenure of ownership— is, uh, you know, it, it's hard to find any traction, you know, w without some type of stability at the top of the organization. So I'm with you on the idea of keeping Gettleman, but I do want to see the next coach be more of a CEO. I don't want a Matt Rule, a guy with no head coaching experience in the NFL. Who would you like to see come in and coach this team? Well, I, I, I'm intrigued by Matt Rule. I remember him. He coached. He has one year of NFL experience as a um assistant offensive line coach with the Giants in 2012. He, um, I know a lot of the offensive linemen who played on that team have high regard for him. He is a program builder. Now, he's a college program builder. Look, if you can win at Temple and then picking up a shambles of a program at Baylor and win there, you're mm -hmm. doing some work. You know what I mean? You, you are taking yeah. the scraps and making them into, uh, into something that looks good. So I like that about him. He's a New York City guy. Uh, he's a tough guy. He um, is a smart guy. Like I said, he has some New York ties. I like that. Giants ties. I like that. Uh, you know, I, I'd be a little afraid of Josh McDaniels. I really would. Now, I, I wouldn't have minded Ron Rivera. Now, it looks like he's going to the Redskins. I would not mm -hmm. have minded that. He's a tough guy. I don't care. As you said, I don't need a guy who's an offensive whiz. Or a, I, I want the best leader. And if the best leader is a defensive guy, that's fine with me. Last time I checked, the Giants defense stinks. So anybody with defensive expertise is fine with me. Um, you know, Eric the Enemy is a guy who the Giants have reached out to. They want to talk to him. He's Andy Reid's offensive coordinator in Kansas City. He is ready to be a head coach. He's very interesting, po uh, interesting, intriguing guy. Popular with players. So, but you know, of that group, I like the fact that Matt Rule has been a head coach. Now it's in college, but he's been a head coach. And when you're a head coach in college, you are like the CEO. So I like that. Okay, that'd be a good pick. Um, has there been any any scuttlebutt about Mike McCarthy? Are they going to kick the kick the tires on the old Packers coach? I don't. I don't sense that right now. You know, I'll have to do a little more investigation on that. But you know, someone told me who's kind of a little bit in the know. They think Mike McCarthy might even get shut out this coaching cycle, which would be wow. hard to believe. 
You know, that would be hard to believe, right? The guy's won a Super Bowl. He's won numerous division championships. He is He's trying to rehabilitate his image a little bit by, by uh, you know, uh, really going back to the drawing board and bringing in other coaches and learning and, and, and studying what happened in the league this year. But with all these openings, if he doesn't get a job, that will be really eye-opening. But there's just something about McCarthy that it seems like would not be a fit. That's just my sense. It could be wrong, but that's just my sense. That makes sense to me. Well, whoever comes in, I, I, I think, you know, I think we can all agree we need to improve the pass rush on this team. Obviously, we need the offensive line uh, to not put the quarterback uh, quarterback's life in jeopardy on a weekly basis. Uh, it was, by all accounts, an underachieving season for this team. But what would you identify as the number one focus for whoever takes over this team going forward? Well, it, you know what? The, the number one overlying focus is the Giants have forgotten how to win as a franchise. They have literally yeah. forgotten how to win games. So they have to have someone come in and instill that, that it is not acceptable to lose. You are going to be accountable when you lose. And and we are not going to lose. That's going to be it. And that doesn't mean they're going to win 10, 11 games next year, but, but mm-hmm. it, 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 it's become like a malaise. And yeah, you know, Pat Shermer has not been a winner. He had not been a winner as a head coach. He was a losing head coach in Cleveland, and he was a losing head coach here. Now, that doesn't mean it's all on him, but – you know, Matt mm-hmm. Rule has won in college. He's won in tough mm-hmm. places. I like that. You know, Eric Bieniemy has been a winner in in the NFL as an assistant, but he's been a winner. So they have to bring that in. And, and, and as far as position, they desperately need to upgrade their defense. That is the number one priority. So I would say pass rusher is, is they have to find one or two pass rushers, whether it's in free agency or the draft or in, under your couch, you know, in your, in your house, wherever it is. They got to shake it out and find it. We got to do it. Uh, talking with uh, Paul Schwartz, who can be found on Twitter at New York Post underscore Schwartz. Uh, Paul Schwartz, one more thing. Uh, who is looking back on the year we had? We started this Ballyhooed podcast. It took us about 10 weeks to finally win a damn game. Uh, beyond you, me, Serby, and our producer, Jake Brown, for just our willingness to show up and take the beating every week, who was the other MVP for Giants fans this year? I say the Black Cat. Who do you say? Um, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably not a human being, right? The human beings didn't do so well. Uh, so the, the feline might be a good choice. Um, I would say, you know, if we want to sort of kind of get serious for this, as you say, Ballyhooed um, podcast, uh-huh. which tells me that you don't know the definition of the word Ballyhooed. But okay, that, that, but, but that's fine. That's fine. That, that, there's, there's, there's a long list of words that you don't know the definition to, so we're not going to go there, right? But um, take, this podcast... Yes, his Ballyhoo podcast. I would say, uh, let's see, the, the MVP, you know, it still probably had to be Saquon with 1,000 yards. Marcus Golden with 10 sacks. You know, there's not a lot of guys on this team. How about Darius Slayton, the rookie receiver, right? There's, okay. there's not. You know, they had no pro ballers. They had no great performers this year. Uh, the MVP or any fans who stuck it out and went to these darn games and lousy weather and didn't sell their tickets to the Eagles and Cardinals and Vikings and Cowboys fans, those are the real MVPs. And the people who listen to this podcast, of course. You know. Yeah, they they are, you know, to be honest with you, probably do the most praise, you know, to use a term. You're going to throw a term around like Ballyhood. These should be Ballyhood podcast consumers uh, because they've been here from day one, and we can't, we can't thank them enough. We can't thank you enough, Paul Schwartz. I, I really do mean it. Uh, in, in a losing season for the team, it was a winning season for the podcast team, and, and we certainly give the game ball to you on that. So thank you, Paul Schwartz. 
and I think will be retained, hopefully, right? Unlike Pat Shermer. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> although, although I hear that the editors, the high editors of the Post, do want to speak to you in the morning, and they want you to bring your microphone, they said. So I don't know what, I, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, but, you know, just, um, you know, bring a box, okay, for any, uh, any of your personal belongings. <laughs> An NFL podcast that's known as Black Tuesday. Uh, yeah, they said to they said to bring a box and have my old taxi driving license ready. So uh, I'll let you know how that goes. But happy New Year to you, Paul Schwartz. Thanks for everything, Thank you, buddy. Jimmy. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Well, we did make it to the playoffs, Jake Brown. Uh, the Giants aren't joining this party, but we are because we have gambling problems. So I thought we should close today's show by previewing a couple of these playoff games. The first game Saturday is the Bills at the Texans. Uh, that's the 4 o'clock game Saturday. The Bills are favored, uh, excuse me, the Texans are at home favored by three in that game. Uh, listen, Deshaun Watson showed a hell of a whole lot of growth in, in season number two. Uh, Josh Allen, I think, to be honest with you, is the more playoff-friendly quarterback in that this is a three-step drop league, and he's shown me a lot more poise in the pocket, but Deshaun Watson's ability to make plays out the pocket is attractive to me. That being said, I like the Bills in this game even though home field goes a long way in the playoffs. I do like the Bills. What does is, what is a guy like Jake Brown say? Brown's best bets, wild card edition. <laughs> uh, I like the Texans here. I buy the half point. I, I'm a always, always, always buy a half point guy when it's at three. And if it's at three and a half, depending which way, you sometimes buy the whole, the whole point and lose out a little money, but play it safe because that half point really changes the world. Um, I, I say by the half point, take the Texans. Listen, the Texans are home here, one. Two, they have the playoff experience. Three, I just love Deshaun Watson. I think the Jets missed out on picking him. I really think he's good. And they're coming in a little healthier because they had the week resting their starters. So that was the good thing about resting their starters. Uh, yeah. it, it might be better now that they're going against the Bills than a Titans team that's resurgent. Um, that with Derrick Henry running like he is, with Tannehill playing like he is, that's a tough matchup for the other game. We'll talk about it. But I'll say the Texans win this game by Whoa. at least a field goal. I just don't think the Bills and Josh Allen have that experience necessary to win on a road playoff game. They're not far, Jimmy. They're not far. Give them a year, but I don't think this is their year. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, the one, the one caveat is Will Fuller who beyond DeAndre Hopkins and Kenny Stills is, you know, part of the three-headed beast for, for the Texans. Will Fuller is listed as, as is kind of TBD at this point, but a lot of people don't think he plays in the game, which could slow down the Texans a little bit more. But you want to know something? Let's, let's agree to disagree um, one way or the other. Uh, I'll go Bills. You'll go Texans. And uh, if we're back doing the podcast next week together, maybe the game pushed. That's a good sign. Um, Titans and Patriots. Patriots are only playing in the wild card round for the third time, uh, basically in the Belichick era. You know, when they go to the Super Bowl, they've never gone to the Super Bowl having played a game in the wild card round. Every single time they've gone to the Super Bowl, every single time they've won the Super Bowl, they have had that buy. Uh, they don't have it this time around. Uh, they're only five and a half over the Titans. That's a low line, Jake Brown. Does that concern you? Oh, well, the Titans are playing their asses off right now, and the Patriots just lost to the Miami Dolphins. And if you listen to Brown's <laughs> best bets, you would have known to bet the Dolphins plus 16 because there was no way the Patriots were covering that big a number versus a Dolphins team that's playing so competitive and give them a ton of credit for what they did in Fitzmagic this year. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I still think the Patriots, though, again, I think playoff experience is huge, and I do think that's a low number, and they're begging you here to bet the Patriots. And listen, I think Patriots at home, I think weather conditions, 
I think I, I just like the Patriots at five and a half. I think they win by a touchdown here. I do think it'll be close, though. I do think it'll come down to the final minutes of this football game. And as good as the Titans are playing, Jimmy, I just cannot buy into them just yet. But I give them credit for even getting here. Well, listen, as a guy who's still fantasizing about a world where Bill Belichick winds up coaching the Giants, I probably need them to lose this game in order for that to happen. So I'll take Derrick Henry and the Titans to do what the Baltimore Ravens did the last time the Patriots played at home in the wild card round. That was the year Ray Rice ripped off the big touchdown at the beginning of the game, and they wound up they were just too physical for the Patriots that day. Let's hope the Titans pull a Ravens and are just too much man for the Patriots up in Foxborough. Belichick's a free agent. Well, ah, Giants fans, you are welcome. Let's let's just hope, okay? We're betting with our hearts here, which you're never supposed to do. But are you betting um, them to win the game and cover, or just cover? I sure am. I'm taking wow. the Titans on. I'm taking the Titans plus five and a half, and I will put it in on the money line for a third of the size. So let's assume I was betting five hundred on the Titans, Jake Brown. You put a hundred on them on the money line, and got you know you catch a nice middle. God forbid the Titans win the game. You know you're looking at you know a fortune. Jenny Phelan must have gave you a lot of Christmas money. You're throwing 500 around on, on oh, a money listen, line. If Jenny, if we don't win this game, Jenny Phelan is going to be running a webcam to pay back <laughs> the bookie. So she better just stay out of this and cross her fingers and root for Derrick Henry is all I'm saying. Uh, so <laughs> the other, other two NFC games, uh, the Vikings at the Saints Sunday afternoon. The Saints are eight at home in the Dome. I got to tell you, man, it's a really tough place to play. The Saints are in a revenge situation against the world after that non-pass interference call last year that sent the Rams to the Super Bowl and rewrote the rule book, uh, unfortunately for the rest of us. I think the Saints minus eight is a high line. It shows me a lot of confidence in that team at home, and I think Drew Brees and the boys are going to put up 48 points and win this game. I hate that line, but I'll, I'll say two words on this game for you, and it rhymes with Burke Buzzins. Kirk Cousins. Prime, it's not prime time. It's 1 p.m., but it's the playoffs, and that counts as prime time. And when he is in prime time and he's, he is in the uh, spotlight, Jimmy, he's not very good, and we've noticed that. He's 0-9 on Monday Night Football. The guy is not great in big-time spots. So I do think the Saints win this game. That I just hate eight. You know, if it was six and a half, I'd say yes. If it's eight, maybe you buy even a point and a half. You're going to lose out a lot of money there. But just to play it safe, I hate that number. Oh. But uh, you know what? To play devil's advocate here, because you say Ooh. yes and they'll blow them out, I'll say the Vikings do cover plus eight, but I do think the Saints win by probably a touchdown. Wow, that's a tricky, tricky middle you're trying to catch there, man. The reason I say Saints is I'm just looking what the odds makers did with the Patriots. They're showing the Saints more respect at home over the Vikings than they're showing the Patriots over the Titans, which is why I'm taking the Titans over the Patriots and the Saints over the Vikings. I'm kind of listening to the bookies on this one. Whereas, uh, you know, there's a there's something to be said for the fact that, you know, the Vikings have been to the playoffs now a couple, bunch of times and had their hearts broken a few times. But I think the Saints team is playing with a vengeance. I also think they're pissed because they should have had a bye. If the Seahawks would have scored last night, not only would that have saved your parlay, but that would have given the Saints a bye. They would have yeah. been the number two seed. And now they've got to play this week. I don't think they're happy about playing this week, but I think that eight-point line tells me they're going to show up uh, all night and all day. I'll tell uh, you this, Jimmy. Game. I'll tell you this. While I do think the Vikings might cover, the New Orleans Saints are my Super Bowl pick out of the NFC. I think they get redemption this year. I think Drew Brees gets them to the promised land. I'm taking the Saints to get to the Super Bowl. 
Wow. Okay. Well, I, I would like to think that comes with an eight-point bet, but apparently, no. I'm not going to question the method of your madness, because like I said, I have heard a lot of your gambling strategies this year, and you are still here talking to me with a full set of teeth and four able limbs. Two so words. I shouldn't question you. Backdoor covers. They always happen. <laughs> I think the Vikings maybe get a garbage time touchdown to get a backdoor cover. All right. Well, I'll take Saints 49, Vikings 17, Ooh. if they and, and we'll call it a day. Uh, Seahawks are laying one in Philly. This is an underachieving Philadelphia team. But the one thing I will say is NFL home dogs of three points or less usually cover like 67% of the time. I love home dogs in the NFL, but is it not a little scary to you? This that's not I I honestly I'm talking myself through this pick because I want to do I want to discuss this with you. Is it not a little scary to you that the Eagles, a team a lot of people expected to be a hot, they were a trendy Super Bowl pick at the beginning of the year, that they are underdogs against the Seattle team who kind of screwed themselves last night? Jimmy, I'll tell um, you this. didn't get into the end zone. I mean, Marshawn Lynch is back. Hooray. There's some nice nostalgia there. But it doesn't I, – I like Philly at home. I'll take the point. I am shook to my core that the Seahawks are only one-point favorites against a Eagles team that has my mother playing left tackle right now. I mean, it makes no sense to me. I would bet Lincoln Fela – Jenny Fela, uh, your grasshoppers that your son likes to eat. I bet the the mortgage, the house, your whatever nice car that you drive. I bet it all on the Seahawks. And listen, if, if they lose, I'm going to look like an idiot now, and you're going to be left yeah. on the streets, and you're going to be outside 34th Street uh, freestyling to the Roots Beats. But I think the Seahawks blow them out here. I'm sorry. I love the Eagles story. I love how they've done it with banged-up players, and you love their playoff experience. And, I, and, and Devil's Advocate will say this to me, Jimmy. They'll say the Seahawks are the cardiac kids. They're winning games by field goals. They're barely winning games. Uh, they're, they're coming in banged up as well. But Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, Tyler Lockett, if he is healthy, I just think the Seahawks are a little bit healthier and more experienced come playoff time than these Eagles are right now. I, I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm shocked. Is a one point spread with all the injuries? Really am. So I'm taking the Seahawks, dude. That's a tricky line uh, because they are as hurt as they all as they both are. Uh, like Zach Ertz, Lane Johnson, they might neither of them might play. They they honestly don't know. There's nobody for him to throw the ball to. And um, listen, uh, Philly's a tough place to play, you know. And, and those fans will be fired up one way or the other. But it's been such an inconsistent season for them that I could see where you'd be confident in Seattle. But again, this is me. I'm just riding with the bookie. You know the old adage, like the house always wins. I think if you were looking at this week, I think what the bookie needs to have happen is I think the bookie, just looking at percentages now, needs the Eagles to cover, the Saints to cover, the Titans to cover. I think the Bills-Texan game is going to be a 50-50 bet. I'm just taking the Bills because they played the Patriots tough two weeks ago, and that's the stupidest reason I've ever had to make a bet. But this is a gun-to-your-head game. This isn't a game I'd otherwise bet under any circumstances. But you will hear me say it, Jake Brown. Bills, Titans, Saints, Eagles. I got one favorite. I got three dogs. I love that. We, we have completely opposite picks. I say we make actual bets, me and you, on the air so the listeners oh, know. Jake uh, Brown. And it could be money or it could be dinners. You know, we get like a Del Frisco, something fancy. But we need to put bets on the line. Well, so, so what do you, you want, want to, to do? Jump in here, because I am, you know, as a guy who dabbles a lot in cable news and stuff like that, pretty connected to royalty, the royal family. Um, if you win, I will take you uh, to a royal meal at White Castle. 
What do you think of that? <laughs> you know I'm a checkers guy, not a White Castle. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, you didn't have to get fancy on me. I don't understand. <laughs> Good luck this weekend. I'm really excited. And I'm excited to be back on Monday talking about this because you know what? We have earned the right to cover the playoffs and to do some gambling together because all we've done for the last 10 weeks is just get beaten over the head by Giants losses, you know? So we've definitely fought the ground war, and it's nice to be talking about some exciting football for a change. So congrats to both of us, and best of luck with your bets. Let's do it next week. Let's do it next year. Let's do it next decade, 2020. That's it for this episode of Blue Rush. Thanks to Jake Brown for producing the pants off of this show all season long. Listen to all episodes of Blue Rush by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. You can find more Giants news by signing up for our daily New York Post sports newsletter and by visiting NewYorkPost.com. Have a happy new year, everybody. We'll see you all next Monday for an NFL playoff edition of the show, Playoffs. We're talking about playoffs.